interested in knowing what God's will is in our life. And I'm not preaching on that per se today, but, um, you know, one thing we can always look at when we're seeking God's will in our life is to seek to understand what is His revealed will to us already. In His Word, there's a lot enough to keep us busy if we will read and obey His Word. And so... um, Today I want to, I'll be talking on, on that subject. You know, sometimes Christians uh, themselves perhaps don't, don't take as seriously their faith as sometimes the world might think we should take it and whatever their, their perceptions are. And I've heard this story about a man who got a, a permit to open a tavern in a small town and the members of the local church were strongly opposed to having a bar there at the there And so they began to pray that God would intervene. A few days before the tavern was scheduled to open, lightning hit the structure and burned it to the ground. The people of the church were surprised, but pleased, until they received notice that the would-be tavern owner was suing them. He contended that their prayers were responsible for the burning of the building. Well, they denied the charge. And at the conclusion of the hearing, the judge wryly remarked, at this point, I don't know what my decision will be, but it seems the tavern owner believes in the power of prayer, and these church people don't. (laughs) So, uh, you know, sometimes it takes an outsider to open our eyes to, uh, you know, really our faith and the practice of our faith been a long time ago. I think it might have been when I first came here. I used to go down to Hardy's before it turned into, uh, what did it turn to after it was Hardy's there a long time? It was uh, Popeye's. Thank you, biscuit lovers, Popeye's. (laughs) Anyway, it went through its transitions, finally become Hardy's again down there, but back even before its first transition. And I was sitting there, and there was two gentlemen sitting there talking. And uh, one of them kind of sneeringly just sneered at the other fellow. And he said, uh, well, I believe in Jesus, his virgin birth, his death, his resurrection, and I'm going to heaven. That's why he said it. Out loud. Well, that sounds... But it got me to thinking, is that all there is to being saved? Just to ensure us that we will go to heaven and not to hell? Is that all there is to it? Is our salvation just a very good fire insurance that we will need at death? And actually, I just couldn't help but ask him. I said, well, what of Christ's commands, such as loving your enemies and forgiving those who sin against you? He said, oh, nobody ever does that kind of thing. That's the way he had it. That was his... That was his... Faith. Well, I think I think the man was only had only his eyes, and I hope I hope they were at least clear enough for the Lord to see him. He only was looking at one side of the picture. And that's the side we all like to hear. We all like to hear about the fatherhood of God, about the Savior of of Jesus Christ and the 
brotherhood and sisterhood of the fellowship that we have with one another and with the Holy Spirit. We all like to take that to our heart. That is something we are receiving. The forgiveness of sins, peace down in the inward parts, God's love, faith, believing in being saved, the hope of heaven. Those are important things. I want to share just three scriptures with you, and I'll, I'll announce them, and you, you probably won't be able to keep up, because we haven't got that long made away for everybody to find all these books in the Bible. But I'm going to look at three of them here. One is in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 26, and then Romans 2.13, and then James 1.22. So I'll go ahead and give it to you, so you get to going on it. Matthew 7, 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Romans 2, 13. The apostle said, For it is not the hearers of the law who are justified before God, but the doers of the law also who will be justified. James 1, 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word. And not merely hearers who delude themselves. You know, I don't think you're going to really find much of the will of God unless you're willing to obey what is the will, what is the revealed will of God. And so, uh, you know, we can't just jump over the fact that Christ has given us His instructions. And they are in the Scriptures and we are to, to heed them and to obey them. So there's one side that we like to hear. We take it to our heart. There's the other side that, for whatever reason, many of us really would like to ignore. And I would say to you that these are, these are, this is actually something that if we will embrace it, we will find even more joy. More joy than, than uh, we could imagine. It will add to the joy of our salvation. The other side of God's purpose is is that He wants to make us fit servants. He has saved us for a purpose. He has saved us to function. He has saved us to be His servants. He has saved us and gifted us that we might work in His ministry. And our gift is basically a a gift to His people, not just a gift to us. It's a gift through us. I was talking with, with a, a man yesterday out, out here at, uh, who, had, who was visiting from, the, uh, from somewhere. And we were just talking about, about uh, when, when God bring, he, he had just that's what happened. He had just joined his church wherever he was going. He had just become a member of it not long ago. And so I, I thought I'd give him a new members class while I had him standing there. <laughs> no. But I did mention, I said, you know, when somebody comes into the church family, we've had a couple come in just last week, and become part of our church family, it is a gift to the church for the work of the ministry of the church. And so um, you are like a birthday present to us when you come into our church family.
Uh, he wants to make us fit servants and workers, doing the real service that the world and real people need. And so Jesus emphasizes things like the Good Samaritan who served God. Even though he wasn't a Jew, he wouldn't have been thought of to be one who was serving God. He was an outsider. But Jesus used that picture, that story, to teach that the value of obeying God and obeying His love, even when it involves strangers. And so... He said, Jesus also said of himself, I did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. And he said to his disciples when they were sort of uh, jockeying for position, he said to his disciples, he said, uh, the greatest of all shall be servants of all. And so he puts that emphasis on servanthood. So there's two sides to God's purpose. Uh, there is reception and there is action. There is, and you know, a good home has those things in it. If you think about it, there's blessings of a home, a good home. If you were blessed to be raised in a good home, it's a great blessing. It's a gift to you. It's something that you have received. But also having received the blessing of a good home, it's also incumbent upon us to do what? To help create a good home and help maintain a good home. And so it's not only something we receive, but that we give. It's that way, and dare I talk about it here in mixed company, but it's that way with romance. So, oh gosh, Charlie, are you going to talk about romance? Well, I'll just go to the you know, front door of it. We receive. It's a blessing. There's that part of a relationship that's very much, uh, you know, to our benefit and our enjoyment. But also there is in romance not only the selfish part of receiving, there's equally the part of giving. We have to be not only, I guess, selfish in that sense, but also unselfish. And we are sharing that relationship. And so we're not only receiving, but we're, we're giving. And so there are two sides to, work, to walking with God. Those are just illustrations. But, but there still prevails, I think, I think in a lot of our hearts, sort of an, what I would call an unchristian attitude that I, that I heard in that man's voice so long ago. Some think, I think, that God is only partly righteous. That God is satisfied with a little religion and He doesn't care about the rest of life. That just a little religion. And so we might major on ceremony, for instance. Maybe just come into church. And that might be the, what we consider the extent of our Christian Life. Jesus taught, Jesus' toughest words were not to the lost sinners out there, Jew or Gentile. His toughest words were to the people of Israel who were part of God's family and, and especially the leaders of Israel. 
he, he said to uh, some of the leaders, he said, you know, he said, you, you tithe down to the, the mint and the, and the cumin. You tithe down to the, you know, very legalistic 10% of every, everything. And you neglect the weightier matters of God's law, of love. You know, you can, you can be religious and you can miss, you can miss the whole thing. Uh, and I'll just, I'm, again, I'm going to read some scriptures to you here for a moment. If I can find them, here they are. Uh, Matthew 23, 3 is where he was talking about this. Things like, he said, you've neglected things like justice and mercy and faithfulness. These things you should have done without neglecting that tithing part he was talking about. He said you should have been doing not only the ceremonial part of the church family, but also parts of life. This should go flow through your life. And then over in uh, Micah 6, 6 through 8, and the Old Testament really talks a lot about this. With what shall I come to the Lord and bow myself before the Lord on high, on high? Shall I come to Him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require to you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? And so there's this whole spiritual walk that's connected with our faith that's easy sometimes to sort of put, a, put aside. Some, some think we can just compartmentalize God. We've got sort of the divine part in our heart, and then we've got the, the, the human relationship side, and we might be real zealous in the divine, you know, relating to God, and we may show outward evidences of all kinds of, of, uh, of uh, devotions to God and so forth, but there's also the human side of walking with other people. And if you don't feel a challenge in your life of walking, you know, with other people, then you've, your eyes are slammed shut. Because it's a part of life. And it's challenging at times. If it wasn't difficult, it wouldn't be worth anything, you know. It's a difficult matter. But God has continually points us down that, down that, uh, down that path. Christianity is more than just formality. It's more than just you know, uh, seeking to show up and ever occasionally and show up for Him. I think I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Wednesday night, if I didn't mention I thought about it, about uh, flying fish. I, I can't say I've ever heard of flying fish, but my imagination goes to this. Well, how many of you have seen a flying fish, surely? Well, look at all this. Okay, on the back, young lady. Tell me, what did, what did you see? And then went down? After a while. After how? A, a long while? Yeah. Same thing? You got it? All right. So it's, it just comes out of the water briefly, right? And then it's back down. Longer, I guess, than a bass jumping. Is that right? 20 or 30 yards, this man says. Well, I guess it just had to be one of them things. You had to see it to believe it, I reckon. But whatever the case, it majorly stayed in the water 
and occasionally comes up for air, I guess. And probably not that. Um, so what in the world was I talking about? You'd like... You've already lost me somewhere back there, so it's all all right. Just hopping up in the air once in a while for Jesus is not all there is to it. And some would think that religion is sort of just a peaceful thing. That you get it in your heart and then forever you're sort of winsome and peaceful and floating along, you know, with... No concerns. How many of you kind of get it that way? You know, that, that's the kind of thing that I think some people think comes with being a Christian, that there's no agitation in it. There's no, there's no difficulties to face. There's no, nothing to really challenge us. You might could get some of that from, uh, I mean, I think that's the goal maybe of yoga and things like that. I don't want to get in. I may not be right. I'm just... Transcendental mentations. Those kinds of things. But that's not what Christianity is all about. There is peace, thank God. And there is the blessings of peace. But oftentimes it's in the middle of the stormy sea, right? Uh, some of us may be getting maybe get so preoccupied with sort of the accompaniments of our church that we get busy about it and we forget about the meatier things is what Jesus was telling. Again, over another prophet, Amos, these prophets, see, they, they taught, he said, God said, I hate your festivals, nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies. Now he's not, he's using it in this fashion as a contrast. He said, but let justice roll down. This is in Amos 5, 21 and 24. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. He wasn't saying we don't have solemn assemblies and times of being together and worshiping and festivals. But, compare, but if that's all there is, and there's not righteousness and justice flowing down, then I hate it. It can't take the place of the other side. Um, and so... Uh, we might think it's something that we, you know, can just do lots of activities. Uh, some might think the church building, when we're in the church building, that that's our, that's our relation time with God. So when we come into the building, that somehow it is, you know, God dwells here and not anywhere or any time in our life do we really give Him a whole lot of regard except when we come to the sanctuary, to the building. Well, you know, you might want to come by here a few times and just walk around an empty sanctuary. Now, there's times certainly when it's a good place to come and reflect, and it's a, it's a great place to pray. But you know, it's God's people, the presence of God's people, God with His people. That's the presence of God. It's not the building. It's when we are worshiping Him together. Is where God's presence is. And so, uh, Jeremiah talks about how, how proud the people were of the temple. And he said, uh, he said um, in Jeremiah 7, he said, Don't trust the deceptive words saying, 
This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. As if somehow having that temple somehow guaranteed them uh, that God was with them and God was on their side and all this and that. Just because they had the temple. Then in verse uh, 8, uh, verse 8 he said, Behold, you're trusting in deceptive words to no avail. It's not just coming to church, to the church building. It's got to be a lot more than that. And so, yes, one of God's purposes is to save us, to cleanse us, to forgive us, to uh, take, give peace to our conscience, uh, to give us an eternal hope, place in heaven, all of God's grace, not earned by God's grace. We don't earn salvation. If you're thinking you somehow got to do all these works to be saved, then you've missed the point of the message. We are saved by grace and not by works. But we are saved unto good works. Ephesians 2. Unto good works. There has to be in our life a showing of it. Uh, one, old, one old revivalist said it this way. He said, when a man gets saved and turns his heart over the Lord, the old yellow dog at home will know the difference. It'll become obvious. You get the love of Christ in your heart, somehow it's got to come out your pores. And I'm not talking just about sweat. Somehow it's got to shine through you. I saw one of those pictures yesterday that Sheila had taken of the mountains and the sun was coming through. And, uh, and it literally looked like behind that picture the sun was shining through that picture. Well, in our lives, if we are really giving our heart to Christ and seeking to follow Him and love Him, then literally the sun ought to shine through our life. It ought to come through in, in all kinds of ways. And I'm not talking about a beaming face necessarily. You guys have got this fair skin and sunburn over nothing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about through our actions and our words and the way we live our life. It ought to make a difference. Charles Colson, you remember he was part of Nixon's political machine, very involved in politics, and obviously believed that whatever he was doing was for the good of the country. But he was finally put into prison for illegal activities on Nixon's behalf. And in prison, he made all kind of contacts with people. He became a Christian and began to serve Christ in the prison. And he got a letter from, a, from one of the fellows that he had, he had known there. And it said this, I'm home with my family at Christmas because of you. And Colson said, in all the years of politics and all the efforts, whatever he did to do good, one life was changed. He said, because of our connection. You know, if there's a life out there that you are the connector to. And uh, maybe more than one life. Maybe many lives.
And if a person is brought around to the Lord through our life, couldn't we all say amen? Amen. 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 Lord, thank you for your word. And God, we just are grateful for Jesus Christ, our Savior. But we also, Lord, are grateful that Jesus is our Lord and our Master, our Teacher. The one who not only taught us with his words, but taught us with his life. And he is our model, our example. He come not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life. God, as we grow as Christians, let our goal be that we grow in usefulness. That the more that we follow him... The more that we love Him and serve Him, the sweeter He grows in us. We love you, Lord, and thank you for Jesus. There's a soul today and says, Today I want to seize on my Lord Jesus and ask Him to be my Savior today and I want to receive Him as my Lord as well into my heart. You come today. If there are those who are Saying, you know, I really have kept Christ at a little bit of an arm's length at a distance. And I'm not giving Him my whole heart. And I really want to give Him my whole heart. Maybe today might signify to walk this aisle, but today is a time of commitment perhaps for us to say, yes, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to clean up my life so the sunlight can flow through me. There may be other decisions today, perhaps some, to become a part of this church family some way. Well, God, we just lift to you this congregation. It's your Holy Spirit's time with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 310.